are four things you need to know up front. One, while we are talking to you, we're not talking about you. Your specific situation may not apply to our general podcast analysis. Two, the info we're using came from sources we think are reliable, but their accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed, not even by the companies issuing the data. Three, you cannot rely on the past results of any investment for future performance. The past is never exactly repeated, so past results can never predict future performance with any reliability. Four, there are many kinds of risk in any investment, no matter what may or may not be guaranteed. Look closely and consult your investment, legal, and tax advisors for deeper one-on-one discussion and analysis. Well, now that we've finished our course on investing, it's time to build our core portfolio. How do we do that? How many stocks do we put into it? How do we choose the stocks? There's more than 10,000 stocks out there we've said are publicly available, plus other vehicles. How do we make a choice? How do we build our portfolio? Based on that value that we were just talking about? Well, yeah, I think we apply the rules. That's part of it, certainly. But do we just go and apply them just across 10,000 stocks and see what pops out? No, I mean, isn't that what we have? Rules for our core portfolio that we went through? Well, I'm saying if we applied them to just the whole stock universe, we'd still end up with about two or 300 stocks. That's probably more stocks than we want to buy today. So how do we, how do we, how do we sort through it all? How, how do we make choices? I think uh, maybe personal interests take something like, like what specific clients or myself, like who, what we kind of want to invest towards. Well, yeah, I think that influences things, certainly. A little bit. How about, uh, let, let, let me, let me, let me. Timing, go ahead. Timing, yeah. like uh, where we about, are. Well, this part of timing is, is, are you familiar with the economic cycle? Uh, circle of life, yes. Circle of life, okay. A <laughs> <laughs> little different, and there's not much Hakuna Matata involved. <laughs> but the, the economic cycle works this way. We have, when it's growing, we call it expansion. And during expansion, we find that, that, that business is growing, profits are up, and that interest rates start to rise. Then as, the, then as the economic cycle matures, what we find is that companies aren't, aren't, aren't calling as much profit growth anymore. It's starting to slow down. It's because interest rates have gotten high. Typically, empl- unemployment's gone down. It's harder to find people to work. It's costing you more to raise money. So profits get squeezed and the economic cycle matures. And then after it matures, interest rates are still high, but business starts to fall. Uh, Businesses that aren't doing well start to close. Unemployment starts to go up. Uh, It starts to force interest rates. uh, They steady, but they start to maybe edge down. And that's when the economy is declining. We go into a recession. Uh, An extreme example would be the Great Recession from 2008. And that happened from asset bubbles bursting. Right. And then we get to the bottom of the economic cycle, which is the trough. And that's where we get maximum pain, maximum unemployment, maximum bankruptcies in, 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 in companies. God, you're making me depressed more. However, <laughs> sure however <laughs> on the bright side, interest rates have started to come way down. And, and the government and the banking system starting to create stimulus to grow new roots in the economy to refresh the economic yeah. cycle. And so that's that cycle that you happens. want to stay about three o'clock in the cycle then three to no, three no. to 12 to 12 to three. Well, that's the easy place to play. And I would argue that on January 29th of 2022, that's exactly where we are in the economic cycle. And it's been distorted 
due to the COVID-19 pandemic and some other factors. But that's the easiest place to play. It's where retail investors tend to pile in as well. Uh, and we're seeing all of those effects happen. Uh, what I'm just saying is we play every piece of the economic cycle. It, the easy parts to play and the tough parts to play. We can play them all. We can reduce risk and still keep our income doing well. If it only worked on that three o'clock, or that really, Everyone would, but, and it would just be a simple, there'd be no. Or, or, or your portfolio would tend to lose money three quarters of the time. Think about that, because you're not just gonna completely go out of a portfolio, right? Because you know, that would be a crazy world. I'm only gonna go into the market when it's good, and then when it's not so easy, <laughs> I'm gonna come out and put my money where? Right, right. Okay, so since we're on this, and I think I might be getting ahead of myself, um, I've heard people say that the time to buy is when we're in that trough, you know, I mean, no, taking things into consideration and sell again, when you're in that high point. Again. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that as well. Uh, it's so easy to say, well, the secret to the market is to buy low and sell high. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, now put that into practice in a really practical way and, and win more than you lose and, and you'll find it's, it's not that easy. All right. What is low? And what is high is a relative concept at any moment in time. Mm. And you have to sort of be holding in your head the idea of an economic cycle, what's happening in the business, what's happening around me. It's a lot of things. We, we tend to boil it down to a few numbers, but that doesn't mean we're not taking those things into consideration and we shouldn't sort of discuss that they do have influence. But so economic cycle should be part of our consideration building a portfolio. Where are we in the cycle? And the reason is, let's say we're in a down part of the cycle, Connor. Are there companies that do well in a down part of the cycle? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, Lila's now answering. <laughs> I, I, I think... <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, Lila, give me an example of a company that might do well in the down part of a cycle. Um, God, what did well? Uh, food. What kind of food? Fancy food? No, no. Um, uh, Cheap ass food. Correct. Why? Because people still need to eat. They'll trade down in what they buy, right? It's in, in, that, in, in economics terms, we call those cheap-ass foods inferior goods <laughs> because you, you, they're not the ones you would prefer to have if you had the money in your pocket. Yeah. Uh, so What is that, like wholesale bags of cereal and stuff? Yeah, well, that's like stuff to put crap on. Yeah, yeah. But, but when we're desperate, we eat it, right? Uh, what What's I another business on? that does well when, when, when things aren't? It's stuff, uh, Procter & Gamble's, you know, the stuff. Again, you're back with Staples. How, something, something Staples, uh, yes. How, how about consulting firms that help with bankruptcies? <laughs> How about certain types of finance firms that help with payday loans and stuff like that? There are businesses that will do well at every phase of the cycle, is what I'm saying. So we need to consider right. the economic cycle I see what you're saying. because it, it should influence the types of businesses or the business sectors or right. business areas we consider, which is the next part of how we build, which is what are, what are sectors? What, what do we mean by a business sector? Well, you said inferior goods, <laughs> or what, what is that called? All right. Well, that one, that one's called, that one, the, the, the Kellogg's and Procter & we call that con consumer staples. And they're staples because you got to live, you got to clean a toilet, you got to eat breakfast, you got to buy some level of stuff, toothpaste, shampoo, soap, <laughs> uh, dog food, because people don't consider dogs something they're gonna get rid of anymore. It used to be a dog was something you might eat if you got desperate, <laughs> and now it's the, thing, <laughs> it's the thing that's most precious in our lives. So, uh, but, so that's one sector, consumer staples is, a, is an example. What, what would be another example of a sector? Transportation. 
Sure, and that could include anything that moves people. Um, what you have some favorites, Connors, that are, that are actually sectors. Um, I can't, I can't, I well, really cryptocurrency can't. Cryptocurrency is part of oh, a yeah. sector. It's it's a high tech sector, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, tech in general, and then uh, sure, but there there are different kinds of tech, right? There's right. there's new tech and there's old tech. Like IBM and Cisco are really kind of old tech these days. Yeah, new tech are things like uh, um, Facebook, Meta, Meta, Crypto.com, Palantir. Uh, Even Tesla is pretty new. Tesla, any of the ARK funds run by Kathy Woods, those are all new technology sectors. Uh, And then then beyond that, there there are other classic sectors like finance, real estate, which is a very big and important sector. Uh, There is uh, healthcare is a very big piece of our economy. And that can range anything from a doctor's office to hospitals to, to care, senior care facilities or companies that will send nurses to your home. How about right. energy? Energy is another huge, huge, huge sector. And that ranges from very bad coal mines and, and oil. What's what's cool, and I'm sorry you sure. should interrupt, but every time you just keep naming off a different sector, it just like fills out this like visual circle yeah. of life for right. me. And it's like the every business that may or may not do good in these certain different times of the economy. Right. So, so we start to look at and these you can sectors, see, and you right? Can see the like. The... Right. So as we're applying the rules and we're seeing these companies pop out, we also start to see, okay, are these companies that are in certain interesting sectors, and how do they, how do we think they're going to perform in the economic cycle? Because that may impact how, how you know, because when we're, we're building we our portfolio, out. but yeah. do I have to put the same amount of money in every investment, or can I put? more money and seven here six five there i mean when i when i look at my portfolio if i look at it some things i have five times as much as i have in another sector like uh in in uh communication i'm not that big i mean i think i I, i've been looking at verizon and uh, and other things i we're we're in deutsche telecom but i've got the most minimum investment i have in deutsche telecom hasn't been that exciting Whereas I like uh, transportation and shipping and I like mining. So I have about 5X that amount in things like Rio mm-hmm. and SFL on January 29, 2022. These are things I own in proportion to one another. So it's also how we allocate uh, an investment. So we're looking at economic cycles, different sectors. And then finally, uh, we've applied our rules. And now, now when we look at the portfolio, we're creating an expectation and the expectation is how do we think this thing will perform performance as it moves through the economic cycles right now as we're looking at how that how we choose a company to join our portfolio and we we know their sectors and stuff i say we should always pick the best of the sector go for the top company but what is that top company let's let's just pick as an example um Let's pick the mining industry where there's a whole bunch of things. There's Rio, there's BHP, there's Champion Ore in Canada, which just started paying a dividend. Uh, There's Newmont Mining for gold. There's all kinds of companies. What would we consider something that would be the best company for our purposes? I mean, wouldn't we take into consideration, you know, what we just discussed, cash flow, um, so you're saying the ones that the best company is the one that best fits our rules. Yes. Yeah. So when we look at it, we think it's paying the most profit sharing uh, against the least amount of risk. 
So we know that they've got the money to be able to afford to pay us as, as things go on uh, and that we didn't have to pay a huge amount of value to pay it, right? We're looking and mm -hmm. that they've got good management and we think it and we think mining is good through the economic site through the economic cycles. Yeah, exactly. Right. Just to give an example of what might other people might say, but I want the most profitable company, which might be Newmont Mining or it might be BHP. We might look at it and say, but that value is too high relative to the profit sharing. I don't like that risk. And I'll give you an example of where that comes in. If I told you that Rio, and I'm making these numbers up, these are not real numbers right now. I'm Fake making numbers. these numbers Hypothetical up. Fake numbers. If I told you Rio paid a 10% dividend and was not growing very much. And I told you that BHP was paying a 2% dividend but they were growing their dividend 20% a year and their stock price is going up uh, you know, sort of a similar amount because of the dividend growth. Which company would you rather own today? Rio. I, w I would have chose the one that was with, for growth because okay. I was looking long-term. Looking long-term. Why are you picking the one that's mature today? Well, I mean, for one, that's a 10% dividend, so I already have that coming in. The other one has a 2% dividend. Oh, I mean, you're, ba you're banking 8% return more than the other one today Correct. that you know is going to be in your pocket. And okay. it would take several years. Several? How or long? I mean, so let's assume it's going at 20% a year. A year. It, it has to go up 5x. My God, how many years is that? You're, you're looking, you're looking six, seven, eight years. Yes. So, so it's quite a long it, time and I don't know what's going to happen to the that's a value lot of, of the yeah. stocks. Look, what happens to an economic cycle over five, six, seven years? Does the cycle change? Are we usually in the same part of a cycle in six or seven years? I mean, isn't there like this, what's it called? Like opportunity costs anyway? You would have lost so-and-so money from the 10% not paying you out with the profit sharing. Anyway. Well, yeah, you could bank that 8% and put it to work in other ways. That, that That's part of it because you actually are getting the money. All, all I'm pointing out is that it takes, even though it's a high growing dividend, it takes still takes quite a bit of actual time to reach the point that someone's already willing to profit share with you. Right. Now, if that stock price goes up at the time and you sold the stock, you'll get a lot more in stock price appreciation. That's true. But you're also taking a lot of risk, aren't you? Right. Almost uh, it, probably the same amount of risk as that one falling as much as that one to come up to that one. Well, it all depends on what you I think guess. is happening in the economic cycle. Right. But the one thing I, I'm pretty sure of is that the one that was at 10% we said was, was well covered, had a good balance sheet. It's probably still there in six, seven years. It's probably grown too. Because if the other company grew, the, probably the whole industry in the was same, growing, exactly right? the same industry here. Now, that assumes that management teams are, are relative, you know, but you, you get the idea that when yeah. the high growth dividend that's starting from a low place still has a lot of years of risk in it, even though it doesn't seem like it. That's the little hidden trick that I just wanted you to be right. able to see. Um, so when we're choosing our core portfolio, we're paying attention to these things, right? The value, does it fit the rules? Are the sectors good sectors to have in the economic cycle that allow us to ride through the economic to the next change of the cycle? And finally, what happens if we don't see enough good investments today to put our money at work? Where do we put our money? High yield savings accounts. Watches. 
or higher yield savings account, right. not right. high yield. All right, let, let, <laughs> let, let's deal with, with, with each thing that you both said, okay? By a high yield savings account, I'm gonna, I'm assuming you mean an FDIC insured bank savings account, and that won't even pay you 1% today, maybe 1%. Okay, savings and investments, like well, money markets. <laughs> no, but let's, savings account is important. Money markets, about the same thing. A watch, Connor, has a problem as a savings account. Do we want liquidity to be high? And by liquidity, we mean the ability to turn Good. it to cash. Yes, right. yeah, that's part of our. Uh, now, thing a watch you can turn for. to cash quickly. How do you turn it to cash quickly? We sell it. Nah, you can't. You're going to sell a watch that quickly? What do you mean? How do I? How would I turn it to cash quickly? I would. Pawn it. I would sell it. Yeah. No, you pawn it. What's that? What's the difference? What's the a difference? pawn shop. A yeah. pawn shop is someone who will pay you. A, 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 a certain amount toward the value of your watch as a loan. And if you don't pay it back by the time somebody else, they can sell it to anybody else and make a profit on it. Oh, so it it'll sit time. in a little glass case there, yeah. but it's still mine, but <laughs> yeah. I got my 10 racks and if I don't pay them back, they'll sling it off. Yep. That's the quick way to turn something like a watch to cash because it's hard to find a buyer. That sounds very troubling and ridiculous. It's and a I, big I would industry. not want to be any part of that. And it's a big industry. All right. <laughs> so watches are probably not a great place. Hard assets like watches are probably not a great place for our savings account money because we want to be able to turn it into investment money the second we see a stock right. we want to own, right? Right. Uh, I would say that in the current interest rate environment in 2022, that you're probably better off putting your money, not in a money market fund, which is paying you about 1%, you could put it into a preferred stock of a really safe bank, like um, JP Morgan, or you could put it into, into other really safe companies and get a five or 6% return instead of 1%. Now you are taking on more risk, something very bad could happen that might make Bank of America go out of business tomorrow. But think about how bad a thing that would have to, I mean, that's probably affecting a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's, uh, I think I'll take that risk. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, now the stock price of the preferred could move and I could lose some money there. I'll take that risk too because preferred stocks don't typically move very much unless the interest rates are starting to move very violently. And they're not, they're not moving violently. So to me, my risk adjusted uh, favorite place to put money right now are very safe preferred stocks. It'll pay me between four and 6% and are completely boring and I can buy them right around their issue price of 25 bucks. I think a lot of people like boring. I, I, I think when it comes to your core investing, I think boring is, is, is profitable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but when it comes to your playground investment portfolio, boring is the exact opposite of what you want. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. you know, that's why we want it in a separate account. It's a totally separate it's a point of view. Thing, yeah. You know, there, um, what are our rules for the, for the playground portfolio? Just really, really fast. I mean, uh, they don't have rules? to cash flow. They don't have to cash flow. You know, they, they, they could be almost anything, right? Yeah. In a playground, you don't talk to the pedophile. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, I don't know how to translate that. <laughs> but I would say that in your in in your playground investments, the one the one thing investors tend to do is they fall in love with their with their investments, and so they don't approach them rationally. You know, you should always you know in the in the playground when you have a big win racked up, go ahead and take that sucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the core portfolio, we don't tend to do that so much because. 
it isn't a volatile place, but the playground's a very volatile place. What went up 200% today yeah, you, could go down 300% tomorrow. Yeah, you. Uh, I would recommend cashing out that playground every uh, time. <laughs> just, just note that it's a much more volatile place, whereas a stock market might move 1% in a very volatile day. A hard asset can move 20% in a very volatile day. If, if they do, if I would, if I would have sold my NFTs, uh, like each one, the day they dropped before they were released, you know, I made a couple thousand dollars on each one. Then you wait, you know, a couple of days, and they're just down to a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, and that's because uh, uh, a market Tapped. like that just has to do with how many people are willing to come in and say, "I want a piece." Yeah, yeah. Just WWE full body slam. <laughs> sadness <laughs> dot it hurt <laughs> thanks for listening before we go here's a reminder you have 30 minutes a month of one-on-one -on -one consulting to discuss your specific situation with us we recommend you take advantage of that